Hi friends, I'm Molly and I'm here today with Dr. Lori and our teammate Allie, where we are recording a 10 session podcast that will focus on biblical recovery from substance abuse and addiction. So just as a reminder, each session will focus on the CPR of recovery principles, along with biblically based steps to walk into identity and into freedom with Christ. So these steps have been influenced by the 12-step program of AA and will take us deeper into the biblical foundation of recovery. So with that, Dr. Basie, can you just let us know as a reminder what the CPR is? The CPR process is just beautiful and it actually, it can work with just anything. And so we're not talking about the CPR in the medical world to literally save someone's life and and open up obstructed airways or to have their heart circulate blood. But we're actually talking about the CPR of everyday life that we need for connection. And as we connect, we need to connect with God and connect with ourselves and connect with others. And in the middle of that connection, the next part of the P is the psychoeducation. And that would be actually how our brain is ordered and how our brain works. And so it's really, really important for us to see how we've wired our brain and how our brain has been wired so that if we need to, we can rewire our brain. And so with the brain, we talk about everything from the amygdala, which is our warning light or firing system in our brain for fight, flight, or freeze to how we order our brain to what we pay attention to. And then finally, there's a lot of really good disciplines that we need to do in the R part or the routine, because if we order our brain through routine today, we'll literally create the brain that we want for tomorrow. And so that is a CPR process. Awesome. So thank you. So the title for today's session, this is going to be number two in our 10 part session. And the title of today's is I can't, but God can. And I really am excited about this session. So Allie, take it away. Can you just tell us how I can't, but God can has worked in your life or just anything that you want to shed some light on? Absolutely. Um, Man, I just love that title. It sums it all up. I can't. We, uh, in the last session, we talked about um, coming to terms and honesty with the fact that we were beat by our addiction. I can't do this. My life is unmanageable. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's next is recognizing and believing that God can. Yeah. Um, step two of AA calls it, you know, we come to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. And there's no better way to describe this, I think, than what is illustrated in Scripture in Luke 8, and I just I just want to take it from the top with that passage. Yeah. Okay, so Luke 8, starting in verse 27, says, When Jesus had stepped out on the land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, he had not lived in a house, but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon out into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. 
Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these, so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. We were created for worship, right? Yeah. So we see this man here who is oppressed and under the authority of these demons. And we, we see like he was bound by shackles. He was out by the tombs. He had no clothes. His life was probably insane. It was probably lonely. Um, and he encounters Jesus who sets him free. And so when we think about, we were created for worship, mm-hmm. worship of the most high God, the creator of life, right? The highest authority in the universe Yeah, who spoke life into existence. Each day we choose to either serve creation or the creator. And I think about addiction and everything that goes into it, the lifestyle it is presenting yourself as an act of worship to that lifestyle. Like we talked about this in the last session, how um, what we subject ourselves is that is what we are worshiping. That is our God. And we yeah. are sold into um, slavery and bondage to that. When we worship the creation, it leads to insanity and destruction. But what we've just seen and what several of us have come to terms with is that Jesus can truly restore us to sanity. Creation is subject to the authority of Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So as we see in the demon-possessed man, he is the only thing that was able to set him free was Jesus. And he was in his right mind after all of that. And people witnessed it. Mm -hmm. So we've got to understand that there is a hierarchy that does exist. Um, Psalm 8, 3 through seven talks about that. So when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands and you have put all things under his feet. We were created to worship God and God gave us dominion over the things on this earth. Yeah. But when we choose to worship the creation itself, like it flips that script. And so when we come to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity, we have to recognize that Jesus is the only way to sanity. He is the only one that can heal and restore. But it's got to start with like believing that and recognizing that we choose each day what we are going to worship and what we're going to serve. Yeah, that's good. So Dr. Lori. Do you have any CPR for specifically like in this passage or um, anything that Allie's touched on so far? I think it's, if we really look at the CPR, I think it's going to be the connection that's going to be so critical. Connection, connection, connection. And if I would ask all of the listeners who God is, we could have as, as many different answers as we could have actually 
listeners. And I think what Ali has talked about is that we can't just create our own God or our version of God. It's got to be the biblical truth of God. And so for us, knowing who God really is and what God has actually done for my connection with myself, it doesn't start really with me. It starts with him and what he's already done. So I know whose I am, and then I'll know who I am and then what I'm supposed to do. And that has to be in submission to who. And that's God who made a way through his son, Jesus. And so Jesus is the only one that's ever predicted his death, burial, and resurrection and actually pulled it off. And so this isn't, this isn't just pick a God or design your own God and make yourself comfortable in that. This is a creator of the universe with the fear of the Lord and the godly pressure to do what he says and to do what's right and to honor and revere and to serve and to love him. And he's got really clear parameters around that and what that looks like. And and so when we finally get to the end of ourselves with our pride and our rebellion and serving ourselves, then we can be connected with him. And the interesting thing is if we're talking about the CPR, not only then from connection, but the psychoeducation with substance abuse, actually remember our brain is ordered for survival and simplicity. And so we need for survival, for the survival of the race, then we need to marry and reproduce and we need food and we need shelter and we need clothing and we need safety and we need those things. But actually what happens in the psychoeducation with addiction is that actually changes our brain and that addiction becomes our number one survival way past family, way past food, way Mm -hmm. past shelter. And that becomes the number one thing in our life. And so I think if we, we think about what's happening as we can't, but God can, and God always makes a way. He always gives us a way out if we surrender to him in our routine. I can't think of a better story that Alec could have used than the demoniac and what had happened to him. And then I think a lot of times, especially in today's culture, there's a lot of this like um, kind of self-sufficiency of like, I can do it. I can get myself out of this mess. I can, you know, be whoever I want and do whatever I want. And I think really it's just uh, my favorite question to ask people like that is then, well, how's that working out for you? So like, has that you being your own God long enough gotten you into you're in a place of addiction or in a place where you are so in chains and in bondage to a substance or a behavior that you can't live freely. I mean, then can we just take a second and be grateful and thankful that there is a God, that there is a Jesus who is that power and authority over us that has restored us to himself to be that and to set us free if he's the only one who really can. So Ali, um, how has this played out in your own life? Man, I am just so excited about what you just said um, because it. I want to go back to this concept of the higher power that we've kind of touched on, yeah. on and the creating your own God. That's oftentimes what I refer to as like the broad idea behind this is it's a build a God workshop. Mm. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I, I mean, it's harsh, but it's true. It's true. So if we create a God that we agree with, that we determine who they are. We determine all of the things. Most likely it's going to be cool with whatever we want to do. 
It's going to look like whatever is appealing to us. But at the very root of that, if you are creating this God, then ultimately you are putting yourself in the position of God. And Molly, what you just talked about is in complete contrast to that because we have a God who has revealed who he is, who has called us out of darkness and into light, who is not okay with us living under bondage to sin, who is not okay with defeat, who is not okay with us living outside of his perfect will that he designed us for. We are his workmanship, his masterpiece, and we are here for him and by him and through him. Mm -hmm. And he's told us who he is. We don't need to develop that on our own. Right. But that's a hard truth. That's a hard truth that I can't develop something that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Because if, Again, if you're doing what you've always done and it's got you where you are and you're comfortable in that, then you've got to change. Nothing changes if if nothing changes, if that makes any sense at all. So I was just going back to, I had to work that very uh, scenario out. I, I, I did that. I wrote down on a piece of paper every single thing, every characteristic that I wanted my God to have early on in my recovery. And it looked a lot like what led to my addiction. Mm. But there was somebody who was there who was telling me, hey, let me tell you who God actually says that he is. And it was liberating. And there was freedom in that. And it was uncomfortable. And it confronted me right where I was. It confronted my sin. Mm -hmm. But that's what the cross does, right? Because the purpose is reconciliation to God the Father through Jesus Christ. Yeah. so That's good. That's really good. Wow. And when I think about uh, the story that that you shared, like, that passage of scripture is so powerful and and it just I feel like it touches on the links that Jesus will go to to see that you have that freedom and healing in him and in him alone. So you have Jesus and he's you have the man who's possessed and what does he do? He casts it into the pigs, right? And like the pigs in this in this day and age, these are the the livestock. This is where the town is getting their money. I mean, these shepherds are getting their livelihood from these pigs that Jesus just cast demons into that just ran off the cliff. Do you know what I'm saying? And I was like reading this and I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus, are you telling me that you didn't come for my comfort and my security? Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he would he was so after the one person seeing him in his true authority and who he really is as the son of God, he was so into that that he was, he, it didn't matter that the, that the town money just went off the side of the mountain. Like he wanted freedom in Christ for the one that was in the right viewing of who he is. Like, what? So something I've always uh kind of hit on in that passage is that the demons have to have a place to live. Yeah. Okay. So let's take this to addiction. And this is going to probably sound a little wild right now, but if the liquor's in the bottle, if the dope is in the sack, if the money's in the machines, if there's nobody going into the clubs, it holds no power. If it's not being ingested, like it, It's a demonic force that you are allowing into your life. That's good. That you are physically taking in. It holds no power if it stays right there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It does. So then what else do you want to touch on for this step, like practically or in walking that out? Yeah. um, I want to, 
of course, read uh, some scripture that leads into what I think is really underneath, um, like what is the very foundation of this very step. But um, first off, Ephesians 2, uh, 1 through 5 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus." Again, going back to step one and two, if we're at a place where we realize we are totally defeated, what we find right here is hope that we get to live in victory, that God wants us to be worshiping him, living in his authority and his power and his victory, seated with him in the heavenly places, no longer under the authority of sin, right? right? I can't help but always go back to step two boils down to hope. Mm. hope in God and him alone to fulfill his word, to restore you, to strengthen you, to give you victory, to overcome by his power, hope of a future, a new life, ultimately an eternity in his presence. Uh, John three sixteen, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life, restoration, sanity right there. Living yeah. in victory. Um, and then the the final thing is this very truth. John 8, 36. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus is that Son of God that we just read about in John three sixteen. It is through Jesus that we have the power to overcome. It is through Jesus that we are saved, that we are set free, that we get to live in the identity that we were created for. Humanity is the crowning glory of creation. We have inherent value and worth. We were not created to be junkies. We were not created for that. So that's what I've got. And then it's like, but I like that in Ephesians, but we were born. I mean, when you're born into it, you're born already under it. Mm -hmm. So you are already entering into this world under an authority. And it is that authority of, of sin. And that authority of of wrath and discord and chaos, you know what I mean? And so at the end of the day, like you're serving an authority, but choose this day who you will serve. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing is then when Jesus comes, I mean, this this is the gospel. Jesus comes, he sets us free, and it's by his authority that we can be reconciled to Christ and take up our seat in that heavenly place and say, this is the authority that I'm going to choose now to sit under and walk out. But the whole point is that we can't do it, but he did it. He did it and he does it continuously. And he does it. What? So what's our part in that? Like in your heart of hearts, like what would you say that, so what is our response to that? We believe and accept. There you go. Repent. Over and over, repent for the kingdom of God is near. And we talked about repentance before. What is repentance? It is a change of mind and course for the better. And so if we are on the course of sin, if we are following the course of this world, if our mind is set on the things of the flesh, of sin, which the wages of sin are death, Mm -hmm. to change that would be 
For what? For the things that are good, that are holy, to seek and desire God, who we were created to know, to be loved by. It's confrontational though, right? So like the cross confronts you. Again, it confronts you with your sin and where you are, but there's hope in that. Yeah. I mean, you want it to. I mean, like you want it to. If it didn't, you would see where your life was at. There wouldn't be an issue. You know what I mean? Dr. Lori. Yes. You've been kind of quiet. That's odd. (laughs) This is so good. Is there anything you have? Well, and I I just think it's it comes down to what you guys said, is that you're going to choose. And whatever road that pathway leads us on, it's either going to be to life or to death. And it's just really that simple. And we want to try to make it about everything else, but we choose this day who we serve. And I love what Jesus would do when he went up to people. He'd ask him, so what do you want? And so there was a guy named Blind Bartimaeus, and he was so blind that they called him Blind Bartimaeus. And Jesus is like, (laughs) what do you want? And it's obviously blind Bartimaeus is blind, but but Jesus asked him what he wants. And so I wonder with the listeners and with all of us today, so what do we want? And so we can't, but God can. But that requires surrendering to the God, capital G, not little G, like yeah. not some, some in our finite limited wisdom that we make the little G of whatever's comfortable and convenient for us. And so... So are we willing to just surrender to that and and let go of our pride and rebellion and, and just let him then utilize us as a sign and a wonder? I think about what happened to all of the people who know uh, the demoniac. And so now he's set free where everybody else has tried everything else. I think about all of the stories and the testimonies of people who have gotten out of addiction and have encountered the living Christ, and then been reconciled to God and their whole families are, are standing around scratching their heads saying, what in the world happened? And that as a result of that, they become a sign and a wonder and multitudes come to know Christ. And so, yeah. so as destructive as some of the things have been, I just think about the God of hope who fills us with joy and peace as we trust in him for total restoration and redemption even right here as we sit in step two, I can't, but God can, and God can for me and for everybody that I care about. I love the what do you want question just in regards to this because ultimately it is we we believe that God can, he can want. It's restoration and it's sanity and it's peace. That's what we're seeking, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then, I mean, but... Blind Bartimaeus had to say what he what it was. Like yeah. Jesus knew that he was blind. Yeah. So Jesus can do so that. Jesus but can that doesn't do mean it, necessarily it doesn't that's what you want. Right. And in that wanting, I mean, that wanting is the is the surrender. That wanting is the is the desire to come up higher mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. to acknowledge that he's higher. Mm-hmm. But I think there's that real invitation, especially in, like specifically in this step. For the, if I can't, but God can, and then if I know that God can, then back on me, then will I lay it down? And there's step three. Oh, <laughs> that would be the great transition. <laughs> and here comes step three. So is there anything else that, Allie, that you want to add um, or any final thoughts for this step? Yeah, I just want to always challenge our thoughts with questions do you believe? And if not, what's holding you back? And have you created a little G? And if so, 
who are you believing in? And the third is, do you believe that Jesus can make you new? You know, these are just things. Can you be restored? Mm-hmm. That's good. So here's what I'm hearing. So from today's session, so-called titled, I can't, but God can, is that if we can just take a second and do an evaluation of, of where our life and what our choices have gotten us thus far, of what our choices in letting um, letting the the authority of sin rule our lives, what it's what it's looked like, and the heartache and the pain that it's caused, and then can we take that and can can we flip it around and say, okay, clearly I can't do this, and clearly I'm not doing it well, but God, I believe that you can, or I at least believe that there's a conversation and an invitation to at least um, to ask the question in our hearts of God, you can. And Lord, that you'll be the authority that will see you rightly as big G God as the creator. And if we don't have any real reference of what that looks like, that we'll get in the word and we'll find out and we'll ask you, Jesus, to reveal yourself to us in a way that we can understand. And that through that, through that, we'll be able to just surrender and say, okay, then here I am. So that's what I'm hearing from today's topic. So thank you. Allie, this has been the biblical recovery um, from substance abuse and addiction. Again, this was session two. So thank you, Allie, for your insight and your wisdom and your teaching is beautiful. And thank you, Dr. Lloyd, for being here as always. So until next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.